I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Roar. Growl. Snarl. Bellow. Welcome to Paleobites, the podcast that, like Dreadnoughtus, fears nothing. So throw all the hate mail at us. We can take it. The hate mail's the fun part anyway. It certainly is. It certainly is. Oh, I'll never forget the one that was from, <laughs> that got from talking about, like, when they spend 12 minutes of the first 20 minutes ranting about the Denver bus system. <laughs> <laughs> I was a public transit operator for a while. I had yeah. some risk. <laughs> it's like when the hosts finally got around to discussing dinosaurs, information was extremely shallow. They seem to be interested in making bottom-of-the-barrel jokes. I'm like, you're not wrong. <laughs> I mean, I'm not a trained comedian. Uh, I'm not either. But, like, there are some, com- you know, to be fair, there are some comedians that, like, that, you know, get paid lots of money and are really well-trained. And I see them like, I don't think I'm that funny. And, yeah, I think I'm way funnier than those people. <laughs> Oh, I know I have a dry, sarcastic sense of humor that only a few people on this planet seem to be able to take. Right, right. And most of them are professional drivers. Oh, for sure, for sure. Now, uh, to be fair, some of the comedians that I don't like, maybe the reasons are cultural. Because, like, uh, I listen to a lot of Australian comedians. Uh, And a lot of them I find very funny. But there's this one group they keep banging on about called Anti-Donna. It's this three-man comedy group that have all these skits and they have like a film crew they have like they have such a high production value and their jokes are so dumb and they're so and they're they get paid by the australian broadcasting company <laughs> they're getting, the government pays for them <laughs> to do this and i'm just like you guys just are not funny i mean look they're very successful <laughs> so a lot of people like them but i've just been like i i don't uh, <laughs> It's like absurdist. So, it's like, it's, I don't know. It's So I'll spotlight then a comedy group that I like and I stumbled upon because of my book club. Yeah. They're based here in North America. Uh-huh. And they're actually a Native American group called the 1491s. Oh, I've heard of this where it's like, <laughs> yes, I love their Native American group, right? They are. And you want to talk poignant It's humor like back to the good old times. No punches. <laughs> it's brilliant. That's, that's a brilliant name for a Native American comedy group, 1491s. Oh, yeah. Back in the good old days <laughs> before it all went to hell. Basically. <laughs> oh, man. I guess, uh, was it Columbus? Not Columbus Day. I apologize. Indigenous Peoples Day. Not Columbus Day anymore. Is coming up. Oh, it's tomorrow as of recording. (laughs) So, and hey, it's a good thing uh, we're talking about. Because this week, uh, we're talking about one that is named after some words in the Native American Crow tribe. We're talking about, uh, and I'm going to mispronounce this for sure, Suwasia. (laughs) 
ah, bugger if I can pronounce any better. I would have to hear yeah. someone. Do, do you have any experience with the Crow tribe at all? None, actually. Yeah, like... Uh, I, I'm sure, there's surely another name for them, right? Because I, I just most really... likely, and I do try out of kindness to keep track of how names shift. But sometimes I need the old right beside the new, so I can right. make that connection and correction. Right. I remember that, like, so for Age of Empires three, which is the one that was specifically dealt with colonialism, <laughs> there was an expansion that had some Native American tribe and then they called them the sioux and then something like something else and apparently those aren't quite the names that they're meant to have anymore uh. so so when did the was it called the remaster edition i guess for um definitive edition that's the definitive edition for steam to release it uh which is still very popular right now they consulted with actual native american people well, that's cool and then like had it changed certain ways and to make it more respectful rather than stereotypical like a lot of it was before Nice. So that's cool. Although some of the things they did, I think, kind of sanitize it a little bit. Because, like, you know in Age of Empires, you advance through the ages, right? You, you yeah. ever played Age of Empires? Yeah. I haven't played it, but I've played games like it on right. cell phones. So you, you get a run of resources, then you advance to the next age. It's basically the next tier list. Um, a, a higher ranking tier of, like, technology, whatever. And the first age in Age of Empires 3 was called the Discovery Age. The second age was originally called the Colonial Age. Then they renamed it to the Commerce Age. And I'm oh, like, that's kind of sanitizing it a little bit. It was still yeah. colonialism. Yeah, that's definitely sanitizing. <laughs> yeah, like, but I get why they did that. But like, it's it's kind of hard to ignore that part of like, but again, I get why they wanted to do it. Because like, it was a fascinating part of history. Yes. Uh, if, if you ignore the, the, all the terrible stuff, well, which is 90% of it. in and of itself is fascinating if that's your cup of tea. Oh, for sure. For sure. It's like... um. And then they had like eight factions, not all of which went to the New World. Originally, the original eight factions they went were just European ones, uh-huh. and they were about their going to the New World. Now, some of them are obviously went to the New World, like the British, the French, the Dutch, the Spanish, and the Portuguese. They obviously went to the New World, and you can play as them. But yeah, 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 yeah. but the uh, Germans. But some of them were a bit like, oh, I had to look them up. Did they go to the? Did they go to the New World? Like the Russians? Turns out they did, mainly in Alaska. The other way, <laughs> but. Uh, what was the other one? The Ottomans did not go to the New World. No, they never <laughs> made it to North America. <laughs> but you could play as them. I think they wanted a Middle Eastern faction for a variety. That was that's a stretch. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's a stretch. They could have gone with the Chinese and gotten away with some yeah. history because there. I've heard that there's evidence that perhaps one dynasty of China may have gotten to the coast of California. Oh, interesting. Oh, back in back in the day. Yeah. Like, oh, it's sort of like Leif Erikson hitting, hitting Newfoundland. Columbus. Yeah. Uh, it's like, yeah, Columbus just really wasn't notable at all, except for Not how terrible really. he was, wasn't he? He was a bit of a jackass. Oh, a bit of a jackass is putting it very mildly. <laughs> well, how bit how much uh, do you want this taken over by the Velociraptors? Yeah, of course, yes. Like, like how much was yeah, what was wrong with uh, Columbus? Would you like me to answer chronologically or alphabetically? <laughs> uh, and yeah. how many again? How, how many Velociraptors are we going to have to have in from all the swearing from talking about the terrible stuff we did? Exactly. So let's let's get around that by talking about uh, Suwasia, which means ancient thunder from the language language of the Native American Crow tribe. Type is a decreosaurid sauropod. A group of long-like dinosaurs, whose most famous representative is probably Amargosaurus. Now, you were telling me that a Pokemon was named was yes, <laughs> yes, yeah. Pokemon was was inspired by Amargosaurus. I love when Pokemon uses prehistoric animals as inspiration. Well, they've been doing that kind of since the beginning. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, we could do a whole episode on fossil Pokemon. Right. Oh yeah. And <laughs> the animals that inspired 
the Pokemon. Yep, a bunch of different dinosaurs, a bunch of different animals, occasionally oh, yeah. a mime, uh, a pair of car keys, <laughs> <laughs> like batteries. Yeah, but if you look at the actual fossil Pokemon, yeah. they actually do quite a bit with them. Nice. They even play tribute in one of the more recent series to uh. the Bone Wars. Oh, nice, nice. Between O'Neill Charles Bosch. <gasps> I learned something recently. You know that thing about how Copperlites are named after Edward Drinker Cope? Really? Turns out that's not true. <laughs> that's an urban myth. <laughs> Copperlites actually come from the Greek copri- or copris, which means poop. <laughs> it was just a coincidence. <laughs> that's funny. But also it shows you how much scientists find ways to rely on their inner child right right so but i just remember hearing for so long it's like oh copper lights named by Theo charles marsh is a dig at edward drinker cope i'm like well no, no, no. i mean that'd be funny but yeah funny yeah <laughs> but yeah size 45 to 46 feet so it's 14 to 15 meters long five to six tons which seems big but for i've driven trucks bigger i was gonna say for a long neck in north america and the jurassic that's pretty small <laughs> that's small for a long neck in general, isn't it? Uh, there are a few that are smaller. Like, we're talking, like, Rapidosaurus, I guess, is about that size. Uh, I mean, I guess if you go to the basal sauropods, like Plateosaurus and Rogosaurus, uh, yeah. and, like, yeah, those are obviously smaller. Uh, there's one called Brachytraclopan that I think is hilarious in how small it is. Because <laughs> it also has a really, really short neck, which is ironic for a long neck. Ironic, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, Oh, I guess like Nigerosaurus is pretty small, but that one's notable. It has like 5,000 teeth. <laughs> it has like a duckbill head, but for a long neck, and it has 5,000 teeth in there. That's crazy. Yeah, so I'll do an episode on that one someday. So speaking of which, this is a herbivore, obviously. Carnivorous sauropod. Can you imagine? <laughs> At most, I could see them eating quantities of fish if they were carnivorous. Right, right. I, the only thing I could see is the only hunting method a carnivorous sauropod could do, I imagine, is they... Boom, boom, boom. But they do it in a way where, like, they don't realize that they're above them. And they just look up, pluck. <laughs> just <laughs> pluck stuff off the ground like a stork. <laughs> I mean, so there's evidence in North America that deer, if they find a baby bird on the ground. Oh, yeah. No, I'm, I'm, I'm sure some of them would have dabbled. Because, like, occasionally, like, animals go outside of their diet yeah, because they, they need the nutrients for, they like, like, I think I saw a terrible video once of a horse eating a baby chicken. So, <laughs> so that was something I've tried to repress my, from my memory, and now it just came crawling back. <laughs> I remember one time I had to Google how to unlearn a memory. It's like, I, I, I found one of those shock images, and I'm like, ah! And I Googled, like, how to repress a memory of an image that you saw that disturbed you on the internet. <laughs> Apparently there's whole articles written about that. So That does not surprise me. Absolutely. Time Lake Jurassic, 156 to 146 million years ago. Location Montana, the uppermost parts of the Morrison Formation specifically. It was described in 2004. Pop culture appearances, a hot sweet zero. <laughs> I shall fix this by putting my mixed Megazoic book whenever I get around to it. So you'll probably draw it. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay, good. Just so you know. That works. <laughs> okay, cool. Uh, so I don't know if you realize this, but there are a ton of long neck dinosaurs in Jurassic North America, and presumably worldwide too. The Jurassic was this group's time to shine. They came in all shapes and sizes, or at least all shapes with a long neck and tail. I mean, if they're filling the same ecological niche that, say, deer and elk are in north america that doesn't surprise me that there would be 
a wider range of species. Well, it makes sense because deer are more browsers, right? They They're are. not really grazers, right? So, yeah. So, and these would have been browsers as well. So, yeah, yeah. obviously for much bigger and higher trees, but yes. Much, but, you know, the, it seems like they were occupying a similar ecological niche. Right. To what we would consider common herbivores here. In right, ab- absolutely. Uh, as well as there being a lot of long dinosaurs, there are also a lot of different families of long neck dinosaurs there wasn't just like oh these, these are all the long necks and they're all in one family no there's so many different types of long necks well, subtypes not surprising i mean when you look at the evolutionary tree of life absolutely how complicated it is yeah so you got the long diplodocids uh which are the ones with long necks and tails and small bodies like apatosaurus barosaurus and diplodocus you got the ones that are stockier like camarasaurus brontomeris uh, those are called chimerosaurids. Brachiosaurids like Giraffatitan, Brachiosaurus, and Sonarosaurus. To the Turiosaurians uh, like Oplosaurus and Zibby. <laughs> yes, that last one is real. And yes, I've done an episode on it already. It's just spelled Z-B-Y, by the way. Okay, what scientist got bored? It was named after uh, Polish uh, guy. I think it was George S. Zibizewski. Oh. So they picked that part of his name. To name <laughs> instead of just calling it Georgiosaurus. <laughs> Zibby is just, it's such a fun name, but it's like, when I think of a dinosaur named Zibby, I don't think of a 60 foot long behemoth of a no. long, I think of like a tiny little like, Oh, look at these little zibby crawling around. It, Not- or something like a yeah, Copsonagus. Right, right. Instead of like, a herd of zibby stomp majestically <laughs> across the beaches of Portugal, which they were from. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Watch out, st- the zibby are stampeding. Run! <laughs> 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 it, it does sound kind of ridiculous. Yeah, like I can't imagine Richard Attenborough. Think about what people name snow plows and boats these days. Z- z- wait, snow? Are we talking about like a zamboni? <laughs> no, snow plows for the roads. Oh, really? <laughs> yep. What do they name them? Um. Oh, I'd have to. I also they name those. <laughs> yes, C dot host competitions for kids every year to name the snow plows. Like boats, kind of like this is the. Uh, this is the uh, ice are, pusher. Um, <laughs> the ice breaker. There's childish versions of Bodie McBoatface out uh, there. Snowy McSnow pusher. Or something. <laughs> there, there's know. versions. Right. It's like I push more white powder than just snow. How about- <laughs> <laughs> that wouldn't get past the parents. Oh, no. I'm talking about sugar, obviously, and flour. <laughs> what, do you, what would you think I was talking about? <laughs> you have to understand how dirty my <laughs> No, I know. Are, I, I, that was a joke. <laughs> All right, so also there was the Rabakisaurus, like Xenoposidon and Marapunisaurus. Like, you get the idea. There were a ton of these dinosaurs, and they weighed all weighed multiple tons. So there was far more than a ton of them, actually. <laughs> um, but there was also another group I didn't mention, the Dacryosaurids, which includes the more famous Amargosaurus, the ridiculously short-necked, long-necked Brachytraclopan, and this Suasia. I know there isn't anything particularly special about the Dacryosaurs. I was just building them up to Suasia for dramatic effect. Yeah, it worked. <laughs> so these dinosaurs are known after the words of the Native American Crow tribe for ancient and thunder. So I guess the Greek version would have been, uh, I guess, Paleobrontus. <laughs> ah, so, well, it's, then that name sounds better. Paleobrontus? No. Suasia? Yeah. Yeah, I love it that they're doing more than just uh, than just Greek and Latin now. Like, yeah, Especially if nice. it's from an area that, like... It is nice to see the expansion. I know. I think it started with the Chinese dinosaurs, and when they also kind of merged it too, they're like Sean Honosaurus. Suasia was the largest of its family, uh, tied with the namesake Decreosaurus. While 40 feet long is certainly nothing to sneeze at for most creatures, it's definitely on the smaller side for sauropods. But the thing is, uh, the Decreosaurus are actually pretty closely related taxonomically to the Diplodocids. So it's weird that these are so small, I guess. 
But it astounds me how scientists can look at these usually incomplete bones and look at an incomplete sampling of an incomplete family tree and somehow figure out a way to work with all those mess and make something coherent out of it. Oh, I would love to get one of them to talk our ears off for a day. Right, right. But it's, it's, that's not to say they always figure it out in the objective sense. There are plenty of times the scientists publish conflicting papers of their own distinct cladograms representing how all these fossilized remains of dinosaurs all fit together. You know, scientists squabble, you know. Oh, yeah. About. Ain't that the nature of how it works? Yeah. Somebody publishes a paper, someone says, no, 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 it was actually this. They squabble and compare notes and eventually come to a conclusion, right? Right, right. Absolutely. I still think it astounds me. And I bring this up all the time as a ver- as a version of this. It astounds me that Pluto lost its planetary status due to a vote. <laughs> See, I was told another story that was a good deal more entertaining. Right. It was like like the, the, the national like the science, like whatever, astronomy sort of thing. They voted on it. I'm like, Pluto's the same cosmic object, no matter what we call it. But we- So the story I was told yes. was when Eris was discovered just yeah. outside of Pluto's orbit, yeah. astronomers got into a fist fight over it. Oh, that's great. <laughs> I could see that. Because that's the thing. That's actually why I'm pro- Pluto not being a planet because I think it moves science forward. And I also, we can't have the original nine anymore. Even if we count Pluto, we'd have to count Eris. We'd have to count Sedna. We'd have to count Make Make, yeah. Orcus, like Ceres, so many. Through the roof. We, it would be like 50. Exactly. <laughs> we'd either have the eight planets we have now or we'd have like 50. Basically. So, so we'll never have that original nine. Also, from an OCD standpoint, I like that it's four rocky planets, asteroid belt. Four gassy planets. <laughs> that ninth planet ruined it for a while. <laughs> it was an outlier that always drove me crazy. So actually, when I heard there was no one planet, I was kind of like, thank God. <laughs> I can finally rest at night <laughs> and watch this. That, that makes me the bane of almost everyone's doing. People like feel sorry for Pluto. It's like, who? It's the hunk of rock. It's a hunk of rock. It's the same hunk of rock it was before we changed what we called it. <laughs> exactly. It's all human. Def- it's sort of like how, speaking of going back to paleontology, what a species is, is really just man-made. Like, like I mean, like, obviously it's like, you know, certain species is like two animals that can reproduce amongst itself, I guess. But then that means from like a biological standpoint, you know, my Megazoic books, I've told you about this, right? Where like they all breed together because they breed through, like they, they have their DNA. They, like, yeah. yeah. Technically, that means they're all biologically the same species. Technically, <laughs> so, yeah. Well, you're talking work of fiction versus... No, I know. But like, but then also like, like, there are some people with Neanderthal DNA in them. How does that work? Because normally when you make a hybrid, they can't breed. But, like, sometimes they can. And then some... So it's like, it's all kind of muddled and, like... Well, that's the world of science, though. I suppose lots of gray areas. Yeah. Uh, but that's what makes it more interesting. Remember when ligers were popular thanks to Napoleon Dynamite? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that whole craze. Uh, so there are so many things where I look back and, like... What, what, what like the early two thousand style of like random cheese bob, like you know bacon humor. It's like late nineties, ra- early two thousand. Lol's random, weird. like kind of. It's just like you remember the demented cartoon movie. Oh good glory! <laughs> For those of you who don't know, that's blah, a strange blah. corner of the internet. Blah blah. Maybe you want to go there. Maybe you don't. <laughs> I don't know how it we got old. from Suwasia to that. But. <laughs> Go watch the Dimension Cartoon movie. It's on YouTube, guys. That's 30 minutes of your life you will never get back at. I think I've watched it at least three times. So that's an hour and a half of my life. That's just wasted. 
For reference, I knew some people who watched it enough to memorize it. Uh, anyways, one th- one thing uh, I'll end on here to watch it because there's really not much else to other than just like it's kind of just a generic sort of. I guess the fact that it's a Decree sword, but in North America with all the other ones, that's kind of cool. I don't usually hear about them up there. They're usually like South America, like the Margosaurus, you know. Yeah, you do generally hear more about South American dinosaurs. Well, and also South American ones of this one. Particular. Well, Argentina has so many dinosaurs. So many damn dinosaurs. So much. Every inch. It's a geological formation that has dinosaurs. Every inch of it. Like, it's just, it seems so. It's like... Uh, but Suasia, yeah. So uh, the Morrison formation, though, I bring this up. It's like, it's, I'm amazed how big it is. Because, like, the fact that it's in Montana, and also uh, in here, but then it's also in Texas, like, apparently. Oh, that's a good range. It is a good range. But also... Like, Dinosaur Ridge is the end of Morrison Formation. You've been to Dinosaur Ridge, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. There's that, because that one side of that mountain is Cretaceous. The other side is the Morrison Formation in the Jurassic. <laughs> With all those footprints, that's the Cretaceous side. Uh, if, if you live in the Denver area and you haven't gone to Dinosaur Ridge, go there. It's, a, it's one of the most incredible fossil sites that's within a reasonable driving distance to a big urban area. <laughs> so. It really is within reasonable driving distance from Denver. Because, like, yeah, like, obviously, uh, probably from an objective standpoint, Dinosaur National Monument is a more cool and big dinosaur like thing but it's also in the middle of nowhere so yeah i mean for me i'm an urban you're you're like going out in nature <laughs> well that and i drive for my living so me driving long distances in one day right ain't that big a deal yeah that's true it's true have you ever have you ever driven, delivered to the U, to utah on that road not yet uh, but there is rumor that we are going to be getting some salt lake uh Line hall runs. Oh, nice. So if, if you take that route, you should take a stop <laughs> at, at Dinosaur National Where Monument. Where the hell am I going to park a set of doubles? Uh, You'll find a place. <laughs> <laughs> not really. <laughs> Just pull off the side of the road. No, no. I know it's not a thing you do. I mean, I've heard a few stories of some of our line hall guys doing that to go to the bathroom in the middle of nowhere. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> Good on them. All right. But, let's write Suwasia. Let's write Suwasia one out six ten million. Uh, I think it's going to get like a 22 million from me. Because like, it's, 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 I mean, I guess it's notable in that it's not notable. <laughs> like, it's notable in that it's like a little long neck from when all the big long necks. It is a cool name. The fact that we respect the culture uh, where it's from with the name, I think a cool thing. So yeah, I'm going to give it 22 million. I think I'd stick 20 to 22 million as well. Yeah. Just... It's a generic sauropod, but it is cool that it's from North America, that they've started expanding the languages that they're naming creatures from. It's a, it's a nifty sounding creature. Yeah, yeah, it is. It is. And like, I don't know, it's, it's interesting to see. Like, man, there's just like so many long necks in this area. Oh my god, you think that, just so many? <laughs> like, Allosaurus is them, Torvosaurus, they're all having a feast, man. <laughs> they really are. Yeah. All right. So, uh, that's it for this week. If you want to get a hold of the show, you can contact me at paleobitespodcast at gmail.com, paleobitespod on Twitter, and paleobitespodcast on Instagram. Or if you want to contact me personally at matt at methodonicreator.com. Natasha, where can they find you? So right now I'm starting to be a bit more active on Instagram. Yes, yes, I've noticed. I've tried um, to... You can find me at NK Arts and Crafts. Yes, I have liked quite a bit of your stuff. Um, that's where I'm posting a lot of art stuff that I'm up to right now. Ooh, is this like uh, an ammonite? Um, oh, it's a pumpkin. Okay. <laughs> let's see. Uh, I mean, I'm on Facebook. Yeah, uh, yeah, but, uh, but like, Facebook's kind of a weird one. Unless you have a professional Facebook account, it's not like they're gonna no, ask. Not it's right not now. like it's not like you're gonna ask people to f- send you a friend request on Facebook. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm possibly going to rebuild my Etsy sites. I that's up for debate, just because I am mm. trying to shift more to focus on my photography. Gotcha, gotcha. 
I have a book series on Amazon Megazog available for print and Kindle. No Suwasia in it because I didn't know of it at the time. But like I said, I might include it in the next, if I ever keep go, go back to that series, which I think about a lot. And yep, that's it for this week. This is the end of every episode of Paleo Bites. I was going to make a crow sound because of the crow tribe, but I'm not going to do it. No. No. You can do a crow. Oh, I can make fun of the birds, but I don't want it coming across as making fun of the people. I'm not, that's why, that's why I was not gonna, I wasn't gonna make, I wasn't gonna do the stereotypical Native American suddenly doing Peter Pan. I'm talking about the crow. I'm talking about the bird. Yeah, do the bird. (laughs) I'm not gonna do the, I'm not gonna, no, I'm not touching that with the, (laughs) I apologize for the, for the joke, but it's low-hanging fruit. I'm not gonna touch that with a totem pole. (laughs) (laughs) There we go. Like, I'm I apologize for the stereotypical. That was low hanging fruit. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> this is a crow I can do. <laughs> oh, just get something off the internet. Yeah, yeah. Because they do have a very unique set of calls. They do. And also, I'm probably canceled at this point. Anyways, bye. <laughs> <laughs> How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volur XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus. Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.